19 years old, Northern Ireland. How hostile was it? I was patrolling the streets of Belfast with a, what essentially is a machine gun, fully automatic rifle, stopping IRA soldiers in the street, searching them, doing stuff that I'm probably not proud of. You're 19, you're a child. Yeah, a child, yeah. How has society failed that children are given fully automatic weapons? We were on patrol one day, we tried to go out the main gate, boom, they blew, the IRA blew up the back gate. I was like, take cover, what's going on, what's going on, the bang, bang. Well, where's life gonna take me? And within six months, I was chronically addicted to crystal meth. Yeah. I was a mentally unwell, damaged young man who yeah. just left the Marines and, and it got way deeper and way, way, way darker, right? Did you ever get yourself into a lot of trouble with them? You say, how it, say how it is. Well. Welcome to the Eventful Lives podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sports and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, where we've now had over 80 million views. Chris Thrall is an ex-Royal Marines commando who talked through his journey serving his country to becoming homeless. We discuss his experience of crystal meth addiction while working on the vicious Hong Kong crime syndicate as a nightclub doorman. Chris was forced to survive in the world's most unforgiving city, hooked on the most dangerous drug. This is the eventful life of Mr. Chris Thrall. Chris, welcome to the show, mate. How you doing, brother? Really good, really good. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you end up becoming a Royal Marines Commando? I grew up in southeast London, uh, but lived most of my life in the southwest, or young life, we could say. I was homeless living in a Renault 12 at uh, Renault 12 Estate. I should give that a plug, <laughs> shouldn't I? That's, that's a, the devil's in the detail. And um, yeah, I was in a car park sleeping in my car my mate came up his dad was a quote unquote war hero from the Falklands era he led for um, Lima Company 4-2 commando into battle and he knocked on the window and Chris I've just joined the Royal Marines I've had to go on this three-day course it's like mega intense they put us through the assault course the endurance course all these test exams we had to fall backwards off the, off the high diving board. And I'm in the Royal Marines. He meant like he's got into training, yeah. right? And then he said, well, of course, you couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the old dangly carrot. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you were sleeping in the car? I, I was 17. Okay. It was my second uh, time being homeless. Uh, first time was at 15 in my school uniform. It kind of gives you a clue as to my... Uh, Challenges growing up, you could say. What was your upbringing like growing up? Um, beyond what I'd want to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, challenging dodge, you know. But it's all good. What, a challenging mum and dad? Hey, yeah, my parents are beautiful people, but, um, well, my, you know, my mum's no longer here, but 
they didn't have it together. They were that typical, that generation where you get married young because yeah. it was the thing to do. And then you have the kids and you're not ready for them because you haven't overcome yeah. your own traumas. And uh, that comes down the generations, doesn't it? You know, and um, let's just say I went through some things that a toddler shouldn't have to go through. Yeah. And this continued, as you can tell, until I was 17, mm. sleeping in a car. Um, and when he said to me, you can't do that, I thought, yes, I can. Mm. So uh, I started reading the literature from the recruiting office. And I made myself a deal. We were at his place. It was, I think it was New Year's Eve. And we was all a bit pissed. I thought, right, now's my time. And where I lived, there was this famous rock. Anyone who knows where I live will will know that rock on Dartmoor. And it was a, it was half a mile away. I thought, right, if I can run around this rock and back without stopping, that was that was the clincher mm. without stopping. Then after the holiday, I'll go down to the recruiting office and I will apply to join the Royal Marines Commandos. And I was a drinker, I was a smoker. It wasn't pleasant. Within a hundred meters, I thought, what the hell am I doing? Why, mm. why would they want me? Mm. You know, why would they want me? My family rejected me, school rejected me. Um, but Dodge, I knew if I give up now, I'm going to give up for life, mm. you know? And that was a real big moment yeah. for me. And I, I just huffed it out, puffed it out. And I got back, I thought, right, let's do it, let's do it. And uh, yeah, uh, as they say, the rest is history. Mm. I rocked up at, into training. Um, it, for, uh, for your listeners and viewers, the Royal Marines Commanders is generally said to be the toughest infantry level training in the world. And it was. Mm. <laughs> It really was. And um, here's the thing. Passing out and get, and being awarded the green berry of the commando, that was quite special. Yeah, It was nothing compared to passing that three-day course to get into the Marines. That was my... So the three-day test, that teaser, was tougher than actually doing... Uh, it, it, give, me the, give me an example of that three-dayer. So you rock up at Limpson Commando, you're yeah. on a train. Half the people don't get off the train, you know, the, the, the potential recruits because yeah. they just get too scared. Yeah. Um, you go into, let's just say my mindset at the time, it was the man's world. Yeah. That's not my mindset anymore. It's the children's, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's the young people's <laughs> world. But, yeah. um, and that's it. And you... Uh, you know, the Royal Marines will always be a very special part of my life, even though I've well, well moved moved on from that. Kind what of, year were you know. we talking here when you went? Uh, that was 88. Okay. 88, and you get this big, burly drill instructor. In fact, no, we had an SBS guy, so yeah. Special Boat Service, yeah. Special Forces, big black corporal, like hard as nails. But there's a special thing in the Royal Marines that, for the most part, the guys are really good. You know, they're, they're nice guys. Mm. They they just want you to succeed. They won't put up with dickheads and they won't put up with people that, you know, they don't want to see in combat, basically. Yeah. 
and uh, and this guy leads us into the camp and uh, you know I had nothing to go back to Dodge so it wasn't a problem for me I'm like right let's go you know it was tough it was one part I was falling back on the endurance course so the endurance course is two miles across Woodbury Common on Exmoor uh, it's a series of underground tunnels where literally it, it might be 100 metres long, uh, this corrugated iron tunnel that's collapsing in from the, you know, from the, the, the yeah. woodland. So it's like potholing when you're going. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you crawl through, you've got, at some point, you've got an inch of water above your mouth. Yeah. Um, in training for real, you've got to do it with all your weapon and equipment. Mm. But then we, we were in what we called loose order, so just boots and, and camo gear. And, uh, yeah, you've got to pull yourself through it. And um, when we did it in training for real, it's February, so we had to break the ice on all this stuff. And you can't think about it, and you yeah. don't think about it. You're so committed, you want that green berry. You just want yeah. it, right? And and you don't think, you just plow straight on in. It's something called a sheep dip, which is like a eight, maybe ten foot long tube submerged underwater. In February, <laughs> it's cold, <laughs> yeah. and you got to rely on your oppo, that's your buddy, to yeah. shove you into it, and your other buddy at the other end to drag, you know, grab anything, grab your hair, grab your equipment, yeah. and just drag you out. A sheep of it. dip, this sheep is dip, as in the, you know, when they dip, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, okay. they me medicate the sheep okay. and, they, and they push them underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was one point in that course I was starting to fall back. I wouldn't stop yeah. because I had nothing to go back to, Dodge, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, yeah. If I stop now, I'll stop for life. Mm. And uh, the Royal Marines Corporal, this big, hard as nails guy, you know. Do you remember the, his name? No. No, okay. <laughs> Corporal, probably. <laughs> Boss, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sir. You know, not <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, just yeah, not yeah. at this stage. You don't yeah. call him mate, yeah. you know. And he dropped back and he put his arm around me. He went, do you know what, mate? In the Royal Marines, we ain't looking for supermen. We're looking for guys that don't give up, just like you. Quality. And Stuck with you for life. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it took the military to tell me that. Yeah. Not not, not my family, school. not school, da-da-da-da. Just, just while you're there, why were you rejected from school? What was your personality at school? What was your personality at home with your mum and dad? I was extrovert, so yeah. always looking for attention. Yeah. You know, if the ball went up the tree, I'll be the one that yeah. went up and got it. If the ball went on the, on the weir in the river... I'll be right yeah. shoes off. I'll get this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was my personality. But I was very damaged, Dodge. You know, yeah. it's taken me uh, a lot of years to realise that, and you know, come to grips with it. Years of substance abuse and 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 uh, associated mental health, which we'll we'll yeah. we'll come on to. But um, have you dealt have you dealt with the damage of being a kid now, being fifty odd years old? Have you gone back and dealt with the trauma? Yeah, as much as you can. Yeah. The thing about trauma, you hear a lot about PTSD now, and yeah. a lot of us joined up with it. You know, it wasn't something we got in conflict. In fact, I found conflict was quite exciting, despite yeah. the fact that the guy behind me got shot three times and then the gunman turned his sights on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it... It, 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 that's what we joined up for. But you're an adult then. Yeah. You have adult mentality. You mm. can compartmentalize stuff. You can deal with it. You can seek help. Da 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 da. 
as a kid, you know, I don't know, let's just use some random example. You get kicked. Do you swear on your podcast? Yeah, go for it. You get kick, you want, kicked yeah. a fuck yeah. unconscious. How are you supposed to deal with that when you're three years old? Yeah. Right? You just think, oh, it's happened again. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, I, must, I must be a bad person. Yeah. And, and, and deep down, you bury that yeah. memory, right? You don't have the ability as an adult to rationalize. You don't have the ability to go, well, I signed up for war and my yeah. mates got blown up. You know, tough shit. Yeah. You know, sorry, I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to be yeah, facetious. Yeah. I'm no, just I trying to you. say it how I it is, you. you know? And yet everyone feels sorry for the veteran who's got his legs blown off. Yeah. Even though he decided that that was his life joy. Yeah. What about that homeless person on the street yeah. drinking a, a friggin' meth? Yeah. He's had it way worse. Yeah. He's had it from childhood. He didn't sign up for it. He didn't ask for it. He doesn't know how to deal with it. And clearly from the fact that he's living homeless on the street, still hasn't come to terms with yeah. it, you know? Um and I think as a society, we've, we, you know, we need to understand this when, um, you know, we've got to look at our terminology. How old do you reckon you were when you realised this was going on? You're saying at three years old, you took a beating. How old were you? And you're like, you know what, I've got to do something about this. I need to get out. I need to escape. Um, oh, good question. Uh, I don't know, Dodge, okay. to be honest. All, all, all I can tell you now is as a city now, I'm an in... I would say I'm an enlightened individual. Yeah. Uh, my life's been a quest over 85 countries on all seven continents. Um, you know, I'm a best-selling author. I've explored Antarctica. I'm a, I'm a qualified pilot, scuba diver, um, skydiver, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and all of this is... is I guess been in a quest, I didn't want second best. Yeah. I needed answers, you know, I needed answers. Um, and it's led me to a beautiful place, mate, you know, yeah. a very beautiful place, a place of love, um, of which I'd say not many people really, Ag really achieve. Agree. Have you got forgiveness? Yes. You have? Yes, yeah. of, of course. So that's the powerful one, isn't yes, it? Yes, of forgive. course, yeah. of course. You've got to look at... Uh, people that may have harmed you and you've got to think well what was their life yeah what did they go through and then then it makes you cry yeah because you realize oh my god yeah they did not have it good and they weren't equipped with the tools to pass it on to deal with this pain yeah and it came out in this behavior or it came out in that behavior and yeah you can't be in a place of love without being in a place of a hundred percent Hundred percent forgiveness. How many years were you in the Royal Marines? Seven years. Seven years. And tell me your journey when you passed. Well, that feeling like you said, we went back at, back a page there, but you actually did the three days, which was really tough. Yeah. Then once you, what's that feeling like when they say, "Okay, you've got your green berry"? Is it like a a big show? They on go on stage, or is it like there's your berry? Well done, mate. Yeah, on. no, it's a big pass out parade. Okay. Uh, we had a drill instructor, Corporal Smith. Bless him. He was such a good guy. What's his name? Corporal Smith. Smith okay. I don't even know if he's still alive, but he mm. always rocked up to our drill instruction, which you did kind of twice a week. Through, he's always hungover. He's like, <laughs> right, lads, just fin out down and Have a, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you next. And, and and we didn't do. We literally did hardly any drill until 
week 28 when we had our pass out uh, well week 32 yeah. we had our pass out yeah. with Braden about week 28 he went right I better do something now with these guys <laughs> and he trained us in this performance that was just if you ever seen a film officer and a gentleman mm. it was incredible mm. he made us look absolutely we marched on to the tune of Thunderbirds and then we performed all this drill and <laughs> In Quality. front of our parents that had all called us losers. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was beautiful. But my best part was that three-day course okay. to get just to get into training. And they called us in a room and they said, and, and out of the 20 that started, there's about six of us left. Two guys they call in, they walk straight out, they don't talk to you. you you're like, oh, they're the guys that have passed, and yeah. they? Yeah, we're all failures. Yeah. You know, that that that's how life programs yeah. you. Two guys go in, they come out, they walk past you, think, all oh, right, they've been told to probably come back in six months, try again. Now, you know, you got what we got, fella. You you got what mm. we need, fellas, but you're not quite there yet, you know. And so we're there as the last two being expected to be told, right, you failed. Like, don't, you know, <laughs> may as well just throw yourself, don't get on the train, yeah. just throw <laughs> yourself in front of it. Fella. And we got in that room and he said, right, and it was a colour sergeant or something, which is didn't mean much back mm. then, but, you know, fairly senior, non-commissioned rank. And he said, right, fellas, pat yourself on the back. You've just joined the Royal Marines. And Dodge, I tell you, yeah. I can't believe I'm not crying now because mm. it's, it's, I have, I still struggle with that moment, you know. It, I was just made up. I was the happiest person on the planet. It was I'm a Royal, I'm a Royal Marine, yeah. you know. I might not be a Royal Marines commando yet, but I'm, I've, I've done what they all told me that I couldn't do, and I've done it out the back of a Renault 12. Yeah, happy <laughs> so. days, mate. Tell me what the difference is to a Royal Marine and a Royal Marine commando. So Royal Marines can be a band member, someone who plays an instrument in the band. Yep. It can be a cadet, yep. someone who's, you know, a, a junior. Um, in... I believe back in history, you actually had Royal Marines and then you had to apply to become a commando. But in, in modern day parlance, basically you join up, you're a Royal Marines recruit. We call it nod because you're always falling asleep in your yeah. lectures. You're always nodding off. Mm -hmm. And you do your 30 weeks training as a Royal Marine recruit. And then if you pass all five commando tests, um, which includes a, a swimming test, you get presented with a green berry and your commander flashes and at that point you become a, a Royal Marines commander. Quality. And how long was it when you become a Royal Marines commander when you went on your first tour? Well, they ask you in training what unit you want to go to. So you've got basically four or five commando, uh, 40 commando or four two. And I knew four two were going straight into conflict in, the, uh, in Northern Ireland. And I thought... I want to get straight there, you know. This is, it's almost like almost part of the, the whole indoctrination process of being in the military. You're trained to kill. That's, you know, you're trained to serve your country or that's what you, you believe yeah. when, when, when you're 18 years old. So at 19, uh, I was patrolling the streets of Belfast with a, what essentially is a machine gun, fully automatic rifle patrolling down the white lines in the, in the middle of a, a a a main road 
all the traffic stops for you because they are not they know don't mess mm. stopping IRA soldiers in the street searching them doing stuff that I'm probably not proud of if I, if I was honest um you're 19 you're a child yeah a child yeah our society failed yeah. that children are given fully automatic weapons yeah. And they can stop a guy twice your age, three times your age, and treat them. It's you're not going to hear this yeah. <laughs> story a lot, Dodge. You know, yeah. this is the story they don't want to tell. Um, we were on patrol one day. We tried to go out the main gate. Boom! They blew the IRA blew up the back gate. I was like, "Take cover! What's going on? What's going on?" The well, commander. Let's call him Smudges on the radio. He's like, right, 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 back in, back in. So we ran back into the camp. Four hours later, after a debrief, we went out back out on patrol. And we uh, patrolled up to an area called the Ardoyne, which is a hardened Republican, you know, air, air, area. Not, not, not a Protestant area, obviously. And... Um, they detached was a conco, which is a continuity officer. That's the a chap from the unit before you that stays behind to show the new guys the ropes and the territory and where things are going to go bang and you know where you're going to get sniped at and this kind of stuff. And he turned around. He said, um, "And it, we're only you know we were there about two weeks at this stage." He said, "Right, fellas, break into diamond formation. We'll go across the park because this alleyway is renowned for IEDs." So we broke into Diamond, just as, as with our training. Nothing at this point had happened. So we were we weren't lackadaisical, but we were getting there. You know, it was like, is anything ever gonna like happen in this city, or is this all just like hyped up bullshit? Yeah. You know. And as soon as I stepped foot on that grass, and I got about ten paces, suddenly, bang, 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 and. All you could hear was the sound of our cocking mechanisms of our SA-80s slamming off the walls and, and reverbing back and smudge screaming, take cover, take in cover. And we legged it and I'm looking down and the ground is just pinging up by my feet like little greeny brown geezers coming off the like in the, in the, in the bloody films yeah. you watched as yeah. a kid, right? And we got behind this building and just like sort of, you know, collapsed. And I turned around trying to locate the firing point. So we're all made ready at this point. It's the, the job is on, right? And I'm looking for the sniper, gunman. And as I'm looking for the firing point, our buddy Jock is sparked out on the grass, like face down. And my first thought was, is he just like taking cover by hitting the, is this some kind of, because he'd been there three times before. This is his third tour of yeah. Northern Ireland. I thought maybe the geezer knows something we don't just to hit the ground. And I thought, and then I looked and his equipment was spread all around him. His rifle was five meters this way. His electronic equipment was two meters that. I thought he's been hit. He's been hit. I was first aided, so I immediately just started running back. That's why you do a 200-meter fireman's carrying training is for this yeah. exact scenario. Grab your buddy, get him into cover. And I'm running. The team's going, Chris, get down. You know, and I'm like, I can't do that. Mm. And as I started running back, Jock pops his head up, and he had, like, eyes as big as saucers, man. This guy was 
just in shock. Mm. And in that second, he leapt to his rifle, grabbed it, he leapt to the electronic equipment, and he'd just come running over to where we were, and he collapses. He's I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. I'm ripping open his his parasmock, that's his uh, yeah. combat jacket. I'm ripping open his Niebuhr jacket, that's your... Your, your, your flat jacket with a bulletproof plate on it. I'm like, Jock, you're not here. You're not in here. And he's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Meanwhile, Smudge is on the radio. Zero, this is uh, patrol, you know, November 5-0 Alpha. Mm. Contact, we have casualties, over. And Jock shouting, I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here. And, and Smudge is... Uh, zero November five zero Bravo. Uh, we don't have casualties over, and I'm ripping. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like he's, you're not hit. You're not hit. I can't find any in holes, mate. He's like I'm hit. I'm hit. <laughs> and it it was just hyper confusing in that moment. I I'm checking him out. Can't find any holes. Can't certainly can't put a you know a, a field dressing mm. on anything. And um. Turns out, Dodge, the first round from this gunman had gone through his sling on his weapon on the SEAT. There's a you know nylon sling. Then there was the hole. Yeah. Second round had taken the antenna off his electrical equipment. Third round had smacked him right in the chest. Hadn't even hit the fiberglass plate that's designed to stop your heart getting hit. It had just gone just above it. Funnily enough, when, when he got back to camp, they found the round 7.62 short, mm. okay, which doesn't carry the velocity mm. of a uh, what's called a long round. They found it in his combat jacket pocket, <laughs> right, right. And, um, you know, all credit to Jock, he would not get in that ambulance, mm. you know, despite being in mm. severe shock, despite being hit three times. Mm. He's like, no, nah, Royal Marines don't get in ambulances. <laughs> and, he, and we patrol back in. Um, and of course, he was the guy behind me on a patrol. So the first three rounds hit him. Mm. The next seven rounds were aimed at me yeah. <laughs> because I started running. Mm. It, it's, you know, the, the, and you zigzag when you run. You don't run in a straight line, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You know, they're pinging either side of me. So, yeah, big experience. Um, it wasn't the only contact we had but i won't bore, bore you with a rest what was the, was, what was the how do you know who the ira was and who they who wasn't uh, intelligence okay oh let's be honest even even back then you have informants don't you mm. and they're going to tell the police or the security service mm. everything that they in order to stop themselves going to yeah. prison probably they're going to inform on everyone so you know you know everyone you have pictures of them I had this weird, uncanny um, ability to be in the briefing room, of which all the pictures are spread out around the briefing room, and I would look at them and I, I would photo memorize them. So we could be on patrol and a car, a Sierra would drive by 100 meters away, mm. and I'd be like, smudge, that one. Yeah. And we'd step out and stop it. Yeah. And every single time it would be, um, you know, we called them players. Some people call them the uh, the T word. I'm not going to say that on your podcast. I don't. To me, they What's were the T word. Uh, things that make people go. <laughs> people that make things go bang. <laughs> right. Um. To me, they were soldiers. Mm. You know, or certainly are to me at this age. You know, they would fight. The T word. Terrorist. Terror. Okay. You know, 
they're fighting their cause, aren't they? We was fighting ours. Yeah. Was we both brainwashed and naive? Well, they've got religion, haven't they? That's yeah. telling them, da, 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 da. They've got, I think we should all just get along, Dodge, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we should all just get along. 19 years old, Northern Ireland. How hostile was it? Were people hostile towards you everywhere you went? Were you boys hostile towards the locals? What was it like? Yes. So we, we, we arrived... You fly into the um, the airport, I can't even remember the name of it now. Someone will put it in your comment section. And you get into uh, Pigs. Pigs is an uh, armoured personnel carrier. Yeah. And I was at the back, so I had the luxury of looking out the little slot. Okay. It's like six inches yeah. by three inches or four inches. And I had it pushed open and I'm looking because I'm, it's like I'm on holiday, right? Yeah. This is, this is all new. <laughs> I'm like 19 yeah. at this stage. This is all new to mm. me. Um, I don't, we, I don't, we hadn't even initiated our weapons at this stage. So if anything had happened, um, yeah, that would have been interesting. And I'm looking out the back and as we got into the city, we drove past a pub and everybody outside that pub, don't ask me what they're doing outside a pub because you could smoke in pubs back mm. then, but there was a, like a gaggle outside. And as soon as they saw us, they went into like panic mode. How quickly can I pick up a brick yeah. or a chair or a, or an ashtray yeah. Or, and and throw it at this at the enemy. Yeah. The, the, and these are civilians. I mean, they could have been IRA soldiers amongst them, and mm. no doubt were. And they just come out and they're throwing stuff at us. And I just turned around to the guys and went, "Guys, you 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 need to see this." <laughs> it was like, "Oh my god!" Just never seen anything yeah. like it, Dodge. Yeah, 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 sure. These guys want to. It, yeah. They want to end our life, you know. Um, How were you feeling at that time? You grew up with a lot of trauma. Mm. You carried that trauma on. You passed at 17. You got relief. You're kind of like free now. You feel like a man. You've got a machine gun in your hand. as a 19-year-old kid. Really, 19 is still young. And you're in someone else's country walking on their turf and they don't like you. Um, well... First off, I didn't realise I had trauma through until I went through the the addiction mill. Okay, and it spat me out the other yeah. side, and or it or it it hammered me down enough to make me go, oh, I'm a bit damaged, aren't I? Okay. I need to make some changes in my life, yeah. right? Um, back then, it's a massive ego, isn't it? That's how they get you. The, the powers that be, powers that be, these satanic elitists. They get you. They keep you in your ego. They're very good at it. They call it the, in spiritual terms. They call it your lower self. Yeah. That you are an actually an identity, as opposed to being the universe experience itself subjectively. Mm. So at nineteen, you don't know all this shit. Yeah. You just think like, oh, you know. I'm and a, back I'm, then, there was no internet to check it all out or social yeah, media. Exactly. There's nothing there, was there? You're it, kind of like put in a box. That's what you're doing. Away you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. How many years were you a Royal Commando? And what years? Uh, I joined in 88. I left in 95. Okay. And that's interesting in itself for anyone listening. And I'll tell you why. The, the average service of a Royal Marine is between seven and nine years. The reason behind that, some would say, is 
we joined up with a certain mindset that we wanted to further ourselves. We wanted a, a challenge. We wanted experience and we wanted adventure. Mm. And when after seven years, you've, you've kind of done it all. So I'd been in conflict. I've been in the Northern Ireland conflict. I conducted Arctic warfare training up in Norway, which just an unbelievable experience. And I was lucky I was on a ship for a year. So I was on a elite, uh, not elite, a uh, uh, high security detachment protecting certain uh, weapon systems, can we say, on board a, an aircraft carrier. And we sailed around the world for 14 months. It was unbelievable. You know, I was paid to sail to Barbados. And when I got there, Sun, sea, and sex is just—it was just brilliant. Mm. I mean, I'm 22 years old mm. for Christ's sake. It was just un, unreal, unreal. Um, but here's the thing: you start to get to a point where you think, "Well, I've done all this now. What what else has life got in store?" And if I'm to stay for the full, it was 22 years back then to get your pension, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I doing that because it's really going to develop me as a person or am I doing it because I'm a bit scared to, we call it going outside. Yeah. And I start to see this phenomenon. And I'm not criticizing people now that absolutely love their military career and wanted, to, that. that's great. Yeah. But for a lot of us, it wasn't like that. We, we kind of looked around and we thought, well, this guy's a bit of a dick mm. and he's too scared to leave. And that guy over there, is, and, 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 and they had this thing, they'd say, there's nothing outside. I thought, well, it clearly is because, like most people, are not in the Royal Marines. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I've lived now, like I say, lived, worked, and travelled in eighty-five countries across all seven continents. It's been a special thing for me. Yeah, in my learning, in my growth. In Were my you done? Were you like, I'm done after my seven years now? Get me out. I want to. I want to go and get a mortgage. I want to go travelling. I want to see what else is out in the world. No, I wasn't done. What happened was, I was in that trap. Of like, I, I ended up doing four years at the end of my career. I was just basically doing guard duty. I got promoted very early to corporal, mm. uh, which is lance corporal, but you don't say that in the range. It's, it's just corporal. Mm. And I'm on for a junior command course. So I'm going to be an actual full corporal mm. quite young. I mean, I'm like 22 or something. Mm. And I'm always looking for the new experience. Because I'm suffering trauma. Yeah. I need answers. You know, I don't know that at the time. I just think I'm just living my life like anyone else does, you know. And what happened was I started to, um, I got invited to look at a network marketing company, a company called Amway. While you're still in the Marines? Yeah, whilst I'm still okay. in the Marines. And yeah. I went for this meeting, this uh, business presentation meeting. And I thought, oh my God, this is just a lot of brainwashed yeah. people. They're never going to make it in bit, you know, they did, they can't think for themselves. And I, I could see it. And the same guy that invited me, a chap called Ralph, still a good friend of mine to this day, went, Chris, you didn't like that, but I've got a new one for you. It's called Corum International. It's consumer electronic products. They're storming the market. They're taking over this network, that network. So I got involved. I thought I can sell personal attack alarms, especially in the nineties where yeah. crime was the, like the big, yeah. the big thing, you know, breaking into cars, yeah. women getting it. Yeah. And within a, uh, two weeks of signing up for that company, I'd sold 200 of these alarms. Mm. All, all to me, my fellow Marines, <laughs> bless them. Yeah. And I'd been promoted to something called silver executive. So I had the first four levels 
of what they called a compensation plan that meant that I'd sold all this merchandise and I'd got people involved. I had a guy in the Netherlands, da-da-da-da-da, mm. and then boom, I hit a guy in Hong Kong, a chap called, uh, he's called Vince Lee in my book. He's uh, Eating Smoke, folks. What's <laughs> the name of your book? Eating Smoke. Eating Smoke. That's my, yeah. Yeah, I've done three memoirs now, but yeah. that was the first one. And uh, I called up this guy in Hong Kong. I said, uh, Vince, uh, it's Chris. I'm a, a friend of Flash in the Marines in in England. Ah, Flash, yeah, yeah, yeah. good guy, good guy. Uh, Vince, you were involved in network marketing. This guy was a gold distributor in Amway, so he really had yeah. like risen above the the average few that really don't make any money. And he had a huge network in Hong Kong. He went, yeah, Chris, uh, just uh, give me your distributor number. I start right away, <laughs> right? I do the voice because I wrote a book about yeah, it, and, yeah, yeah. and and it's just I'm not trying to be patronising, yeah. Dodge. You know, no, no, it's, I hear it's you. in my brain. Yeah, yeah, Chris, I I start right away. That was it. All I did, I given this little you know, ten-digit number. Next week, I'm the biggest distributor in the Asia Pacific for Quorum International. Literally. What? So you 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 left Marines and went and no, worked no, no. in Hong Kong. No, no, no. I'm still in the Marines, okay. right? You got to put eighteen months' notice in to get out. And suddenly, this guy's fired off. Within a month, he'd he'd signed up hundreds of distributors he had people in mainland china when they didn't even have network marketing there yeah you know we, we were the first company there i'm going to meetings in the uk and they're like this is chris he's um he's a silver executive and he's just on for the next diamond position in the company that that's the yeah. big you know it is for our friends listening, it's all bullshit, right? None of that's going to make you happy, right? None of it's going to make. But back back then, for a damaged young cookie, yeah. it was so it was important. Yeah, of course, I'm I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, I'm going to get that Porsche. Give, yeah, <laughs> this time next year, Rodders. Yeah. And um, so I put my notice in immediately. My check that month, Dodge, mm. was. Remember, we're talking thirty years yeah. ago now. It was it was two thousand five hundred and sixty eight mm. quid or something. Mm. Plus, I'm getting a gram from the Marines yeah. monthly. I'm on. Fair I mean, even that so. now probably isn't too bad a wage, yeah. but but back then it was. So I went off to Hong Kong. I'm on the train. I'd rented my house out to some floozy and I just knew it was all going to go wrong. She was going to trash the place. And it was, you know, I was going to end up with a big bill and I was going to be on the other side of the world. And I'm on the train leaving Plymouth and I'm smoking a spliff out the window of the train. I'm like, Chris, you know this is all going to go wrong, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and I knew it, Dodge. I knew it. <laughs> At that moment, had another option been there, like I would have glad, but sometimes you just got to ride life, haven't you, and see where it takes you, you know? Got out to Hong Kong, went into the company headquarters, this big palatial palace in um, Causeway Bay in Hong Kong, which is like a moving and shaking place. I walked in and, and I, I saw Winston Wong. He was the... the, the uh, Winston, Winston Wong. Winston Wong, yeah. Every Chinese has a Chinese name and yeah. then they have their English name, yeah. right? I'm um, so Winston, what's going on? Uh, That's a cracker of a name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Winston, what's going on? You know, 18 months ago, I'm turning over £100,000 a month. I'm the big cheese. Uh, last month, we turned over like $5,000. 
Oh, Quissa. Uh, what it is, is your distributor are not working hard enough. I'm like, oh, you fucking dickhead. And I just literally pirouetted and walked out the door and Dodge, I knew it was over. Yeah. No, like, oh, come try and yeah. make, no, it, it was, oh, and I walked out that door and I thought, well, where's life going to take me? And it, and it took me on a funny journey within six months. I was chronically addicted to crystal meth. So you stayed out in Hong Kong? Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't going to come back. For a start, I loved Hong Kong. And when was the first time you tried crystal meth? Out there? Uh, out there, yeah. Yeah, I was in a, working in this crazy computer company. We were supposed to be selling DRAM chips, which is a computer memory. They they trade like gold on the, on the exchange, you know. Hmm. I didn't sell a single freaking thing in seven months of being there. <laughs> I, I'm... All I'm employed for, employed for is my white face. Yeah. So this crazy old Chinese boss, in his psychology, it's like, if I've got lots of white people in the office, of, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going to look great when yeah. my... Co and customers would fly in from Thailand, Taiwan. Mm. They, they'd have like um, hoods, probably dressed a bit like me mm. now, but, you know, carrying briefcases with a million dollars in. Yeah. Uh, or going out on the air... They call it hand carrying, where you take hand luggage... And in your hand luggage is a million Hong Kong dollars, a hundred thousand pound, mm. basically, of DRAM chips. Right? It was, it was a, it was, you know, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't quite gangster, yeah. but, but it was. It sounds naughty, doesn't uh, it? It of was course. naughty. Yeah. yeah, it was naughty. Yeah. And, um, and if they got away with it, good luck to them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And if they got a hit, probably like all the big dealers in the world, yeah. they can soak it up, yeah. right? So anyway, I'm in, I'm, I haven't sold nothing in that company. I'm cracking on with this London geezer, Gary Knight, who's still my mate to this day. He's just so funny. So funny. He, he told me this story once about how we, him and his mates robbed the coal yard because they were so poor. So he used to fill up his school bag with coal, right? Come back, right? Cops knock on the door one day and they're like, and his dad's like, yeah, what do you want? He's like, we want to talk to your son. He's like, yeah, why? Uh, we think he's been robbing coal from the cop. And, and Gary says, there's a fucking fire raging in the background. And my dad's like, <laughs> my dad's like trying to cover it. Co cover, co just, I just met some amazing people. When was the there, first you know? time you tried crystal so, meth? So I'm in this company, bored out my skull. Yeah. We used to have coffee drinking competitions. Oh, you can drink the most coffee. We used to send out letters to clients. Dear shit farm, up your ass. Uh, you don't know her. Yeah, it, it was just a variation on the company newsletter yeah. and we would just bastardize yeah. it to make it just this obscene thing. Anyway, I went to take a leak. The floor the floor below was the toilet and I'm in the toilet. I'm having a leak and I'm... What's that funny smell? It's like this pungent but but sort of perfumey smell. Mm. And as I'm taking a leak, the, the cubicle opens and it's my schizophrenic work buddy, uh, Tom Jones, right? Sorry, his real name was Tom Jones. In my book, he's Neil Diamond, mm. right? I tried to get the, a bit of a <laughs> parallel there, right? I probably failed. but And uh, he's like, Chris, come in here. I thought, ooh. I'm either going to get drugs or I'm going to get sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking about the sex. But anyway, I, I went in the cubicle and he had this silver foil and it's like, oh God, that's really bad boy. Yeah, I'm up for this. I've heard about this ice stuff, crystal meth. Yeah. It's 
apparently it sends you mental. Got to have a bit of that, you know. And he just, he gave, he shoved this rolled up Hong Kong note in my mouth. And I just, I hoovered up one line. No, 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 you know, I just thought, yeah, yeah. Be, be a bit careful. I went back to my desk and within about 30 seconds, I've got to be careful what I say here because you can't talk about the effects of uh, this such things on, on, on the video platforms that we're on. But let's just say, you say, know, how it, say how it is. Well, like drinking the finest champagne, but without any of the cloggy, like, I'm pissed, you know. Hmm. Dodge, I thought I'd come home. I thought it was the key in the lock for me. It was, this is what I've been missing my whole life. I feel normal now, you know. It's buried all that trauma. I didn't know this. Yeah. I'm telling you in hindsight mm. that obviously it was like burying the trauma. I'm not nervous. I'm not, you know, da -da -da. oh my God. As soon as that clock struck seven, because we work 12 hour days, I'm like straight over to Chunky Mansions, which is a, the, the ghetto in Hong Kong where a lot of the um, emigre community live. And of course they survive by selling certain things. My mate was gone, gone and Mark. And Mark is that the triads? No, no, no. This is uh, the triads hang around there. If you want to, you know, fake Rolex or, mm. or Gucci's or, mm. you know, Ray-Ban or whatever, they, they, you, you can go and have a chat. First time I did, I knocked up a triad. I went, oh, can I get some weed? He's like, yeah, come with me. Right? Honestly, it's like a scene from um, uh, John Con Van Damme film. Mm. You go into a dungeon and there's this guy with his shock of purple hair and all, you know, all his henchmen stood around the room and he pulls this drawer open. There was this pillow-sized bag of weed. Mm. And he's like, how much do you want? I went, um, just enough for a couple of <laughs> <laughs> Just right. give me an eighth, please, mate. Yeah. And he just was like, he looked at me and he just took a little pinch out. And and anyway, so so I went over to see Mark. He didn't have that, but he, he actually had um, H. Won't say the word, but yeah. everyone knows what I'm yeah. talking about. I thought, Dangerous. And there's two school kids in his in his flat. I say kid, I mean, they're like, you know, 17. Yeah. They're at high school, yeah. the Hong Kong high school. And they was well into all, and I'm like, guys, do you, you know, do you do this? And they're like, no, no, we just smoke weed these days. Go, we, we're over that, <laughs> right? I'm like, is it, is it like any good? I mean, well, it'll give you this kind of buzz. It'll, yeah. I'm like, right, okay, hit me up with it. And I, and I went back, and it, 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 you know, it was nothing compared to this crystal stuff, right? So did you go and try H? Yeah, 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 you yeah. Did yeah, yeah. Okay. Did it? Did it, did it quite? Not a lot, but compared yeah. to people that live a normal life, yeah. you know, we used to go. Um, what was that feeling like that compared one, to crystal meth? Uh, mongy. Okay. You know, mongy, uh, you feel very sick when you're not used to it. You know, you're going to go and urge in the toilet. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you, my eyes used to go bright white and you pinprick pupils and, 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 you know, I went out on a couple of stuff. It, it's, it was never my thing. The only time it ever came into good was after we'd been dancing all night and high as hell mm. on, on meth. We'd go back to a flat and it, we used to go to the homeless population in um, back of Wan Chai, Causeway Bay in Hong Kong. And I developed, you know, I'd walk up, the homeless guy would see me, 
I'd wink. Literally, that's all you do. He knows what you want. I'll get me map, me street map out like I'm some stupid tourist. I go, yeah, GM guy, one, one straw. And they had it in drinking straws with the ends sealed. Yeah, GM guy, they give it to you. You whack it in your mouth so you can swallow it if if you get that busted. Yeah. Yeah. You, you palm him, you know, 100 bucks or whatever, 10 quid, and there you go. We used to do that on a on a come down. Oh my god! I don't, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to describe it because I don't want anyone doing it. No, you know? no, no. But, I want to know. I want to know what that come down's like. Well, it's, this is, we're talking crystal meth here, aren't we? Yeah, but yeah. it's better. I tell you about the meth experience. Yeah, it's it taught me so much, Dodge. You know, what does it do? Is it like ecstasy? It's, is it, okay, is it right. a mixture of what? Like, how would you explain crystal meth? What does it look it's, like, first of all? Right. So, first of all, it's called crystal meth because it's a crystal. little crystal rock. Yes. Yep. Think of it like rock salt. Yep. You know, that. Yep. The reason it's crystal is it's purified amphetamine. Pure. Not the stuff you buy in a nightclub it's where it's up. got, you know, yep. glucose and yep. it's probably like about 3%. So, crystal pure. meth is purified speed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pure methamphetamine. So, yep. the strongest form of amphetamine. You then put it through this chemical process and it and it takes out all the impurities and it just leaves you with amphetamine. Right. 98.7% wow, wow. pure. And right? what are you doing? You buy in on weight, you buy in a gram, half a gram, 0. 0.2. I started off uh, buying about a tenth of a gram. Yeah. 10% of a... Yeah. Uh, and I would kind of do that in a night right and i go to work the next day not having slept i'd still be sort of high a bit in the end um it, it it's very difficult you can't think of it in terms of say coke mm. where a gram of coke you can do that in what in like mm. four minutes with mm. you if you've got a buddy mm. with you and then you want some more don't you no it's, it's nothing like that you know, a couple of them little crystals, they don't, you, you're, you're on it. Right. You are like, whoa, and right. you still got this whole ground. Right. And that, that ground would last me best part of a week, you know. Mm. I mean, I, I, I did know guys apparently that would inject that in like two sessions, yeah. right? But I was never at that stage and I couldn't have been at that stage because I developed psychosis. Mm. Um, so I started to take it more and more. I got fired from this job uh, for speaking Cantonese to the to the boss who didn't like it because if you can speak Cantonese as a guaylo, guaylo means foreign devil, mm. you know, f- uh, sorry, ghost ghost man, yeah. so a foreigner, yeah. like he's worried you're stealing his business. So I got sparked from that job. Cut, long story sh- short, after being DJ at the biggest nightclub in Southern China, which also went wrong, but nothing to do with what we, we said. <laughs> I'm back in Hong Kong. I'm homeless. I'm you're back in Hong Kong yeah and homeless in I've Hong Kong. come back from China I'm homeless I've been on this meth journey now about six months I'm sat on my backpack on the Nathan Road watching all these BMWs Mercedes Rolls Royce Hong Kong's got the most Rolls, Roy- Rolls Royces in the world mm. you know I'm thinking guys come on just somebody stop and go all right fella you look like you're down on your lap come and have a job in my company will mm. will would it have sorted me out no of course no. it wouldn't because I had this big Addiction. Devil in my yeah, life. Yeah. Uh, called addic- did, you, did you find that you were getting addicted? You were like, I like that hit. That first hit you had in your office. Did you find, I want a piece of this? Were you thinking about it every day? Oh, immediately. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't get home, Dodge. Yeah. I went from that office. 
I had to go across the Harbour Tunnel, so from Hong Kong Island to Kowloon, which is the mainland where I lived. I lived in Mongkok, which is the most crowded square kilometre on the planet. Unbelievably crowded, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was there a couple of years ago for the, I went to the Rugby World Cup in Japan and we stopped in Hong Kong for a couple of days. That is so crowded and so expensive. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. And I'm getting to Chim Sa Choi, which is the the pinnacle of the Kowloon Peninsula where Chunky Mansion is. And I'm stood there on the platform going, should I, shouldn't I? Chris, why are you even having this com- conversation? You know what you're going to do. Mm. Boom, straight to Chunky Mansion, straight to see Mark. Mate, score. what you got, what yeah. you got, you know. How old were you at this time, roughly? I was... Uh, 26, 25? I was 20, 25 okay. by this, by this mm. time. And um, it ended up with me uh, selling my Rolex, my first Rolex. This is my replacement, and it's literally like a stupid trinket on my wrist. Mm. I just wear it for podcasts mm. as, a, as a talisman. <laughs> but my first Rolex. Is it snide? Is it real? Yeah, yeah, no, it's that's real. real. That's um, Rolex Sea Dweller. Okay. Probably, I don't know, £7,000 mm. if you wanted to buy, buy that. And I, But I bought one after... I think the Northern Ireland conflict or, or it might have been my Norway service. And it was very special. I love that. What, you know, mm. the en- Swiss engineering and it's been Tell down- me about this crystal meth journey. Well, well, when did the crystal meth stop? Well, I'm going to tell you yeah. about it. So I hocked my Rolex in this. That's how desperate I was. You give me a grand for it. I only paid 1300 quid. Mm. And remember this is 30 years yeah. ago. And uh, with that money, I got a flat. It was this old, antiquated flat on top of a, a, a tenement building in one the back of one chai we're talking like bruce lee gangster film yeah you know it, it was deep dark and wonderful mate you know <laughs> and i'm living on the top floor in this barren flat just sleeping on the concrete i built myself a bamboo bunk bed and i thought right i need a you know i need a job i need a job and i wandered into a nightclub uh, in my book, it's called uh, Nemo, right? It's actually called Neptunes, but mm. any Hong Kong person listening knows what I'm talking about. And I wandered in looking for my mate uh, who, who who worked there, Glenn. I was going to say, Glenn, get us a job, mate. Where you know, where's where's hiring? I'm, and he went there, and I said, went up to the bar. He says, "Where's Glenn?" And a, and a Chinese guy went. He just nods at, at, at this guy in a dark suit, black tie, like Reservoir Dogs kind mm. of shit, you know, but Chinese guy. And I went over and immediately I'm looking at him. He's got one eye, he's looking northwest, and the other eye's, n- the other eye's not. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay. I said, uh, Glenn? He said, oh, Glenn gone Thailand. Uh, you want a job? You can do a doorman job? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I can. You know, I'd, I'd bounced in two clubs yeah. by this time. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, start here tomorrow night, eight o'clock. Fuck me, I'm back in a job. I can pay my bill. Yeah. You know? So I started in this club and on the first night, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a doorman, mm. you know, just like you would in the UK, yeah. you know, do your job, yeah. you know, you're there to stop trouble. Mm. Da, da, da. And this guy at the bar is a Westerner, expat. He says, uh, you're Chris, aren't you? So immediately I'm like, how the, mm. how do you know? My, you know, they, yeah. they, he said, um, you know, they're all triads, don't you? My ears pricked up, Dodge. I'm like a dog here in yeah. walkies. Mm. It's like <laughs> I've come from a club, the Royal Marines, yeah. you know, a boys club. 
I'm in a boys' club that, let's be honest, when you grow up with Bruce Lee films and yeah. all that stuff, I was training in the gym over there, all these triads with these big muscles and these dragon tattoos. Yeah. You can't help at 25 years old to be a bit taken in by it yeah. all, you know? I'm like, okay. Yeah. He says, yeah, your man there, your, your, your fellow doorman, that's Chuchai, he's like this little guy. He says, he's a street fighter. He'll pick up anything in a scrap if he thinks he can do an enemy's, you know, head in with it. Okay, he says, and your, your, your man there, Daisu, is a six foot two geezer, like tall for yeah. a Chinese, looked like a horse, you know. Yeah. He's <laughs> looked like a horse, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, he's assassin, yeah, they call it a uh, violent hand in, in Cantonese, yeah. you know. Um, every now and again, he said, you'll see him disappear. It's when they smuggle him across the border into China to, to do a hit on someone, uh, and then they smuggle him back again. Mm. So I'm like, okay, this this sounds like fun, right? And did the first night there in the morning, they took me for breakfast with the family. Right, Dodge, I was never a triad. I've never claimed to be. Yeah. That's not my story. Yeah. I was a mentally unwell, damaged young man who yeah. just left the Marines and, and just had a challenge. You know, that's almost, yeah. I was never, did I want to be a triad? It, they took me in, mate. Okay. You, you know, they looked after me. They mm. took me for breakfast the first morning. But the problem was the night before, this tiger had been sent over from another club called a Pussycat Club to be with a manager yeah. to, like, you know, mm. escort them. And I, I didn't know about all that stuff yeah. then. I was, like, naive, mm. you know. There's these two Thai girls and they're with the owner of the club. He's not triad. He's just businessman. Yeah. But you've got to pay the triads to run your club. Yep. And it's probably the same in the UK, Soho. Yeah. It's definitely the same in Thailand. Mm. You, you, this is not like new news, yeah. you know. Anyway, one of the girls that was with my uh, Dilo, called Big Brother, right? He's the gang leader, right? He's called David. I call him something different in my book. Um, she gets up to go to the bar. And as she walked across, boom, she just collapses. Bang. Well, I'm the doorman, aren't I? This is my job now. And I'm ex-Marine, so I'm first aid trained. Mm. Da, 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 da. And I walked over and uh, this girl's gone blue. And a friend is jumping up and down on her. And at first I thought they was like mucking around, showing mm. off to their important dates. You know, this my my boss, the Dilo, is the most important man in Wan Chai. Yeah. You know, you don't mess with this guy, you know. And I'm like, I get down, she's blue. I push her mate off. I'm like, what's she taking? And a look in her eye told me, you don't talk about that here, yeah. you know. Drugs in Cantonese oh, culture oh, is God. like you don't yeah. mention it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You only do substances when you've made your golden fortune. Mm. Then you can do what you want. Mm. If you do them as a layperson, you're a loser, mm. right? And and it's deep and dark, Dodge. And it got yeah. de it got way deeper and way 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 darker, right? And so I push her off, and I'm I'm I. I put my mouth over her mouth because I couldn't sense any breathing. And there's like just a tiny breath I can feel like on my tongue, you know. And I took her pulse. It's something like 160. So I'm thinking this has got to be ice overdose. And I'm like, right, someone give me a blanket. And this Daisu, this big like assassin geezer come over. And I'm like, Daisu, blanket. And you could see the confusion, like, in their eyes. They just want this problem dealt with. Yeah. They hate this superstitious, this old, you know. And as I'm there, these two feet come over, and I look up, and it's the Daisu, the big brother, David. 
and he just looked down with his cold, callous eyes. He says, throw her in the alleyway. I'm like, I, I, I couldn't understand Dodge. Mm. You know, I, I didn't get it then. You know, I didn't get the whole triad culture, yeah. the fate, the issue of face, respect. You don't want a Thai prostitute. Mm. Hate to use the word yeah. prostitute, yeah, but yeah. you know, a working girl collapsing in your club on drugs in a culture that well, that is yeah. like the lowest of the yeah. low in a boy gang that hates that kind of stuff, you, you know, yeah. well, you know, prob and so I just ignored him and I'm like, Dice, get me a blanket. And he's, and he's like panic because his boss has said, throw her out and he's got to go. And he come back with this dirty rag from the cleaning room, you know? Mm. And I'm like, I put it, this Westerner come over. He's the only expat in the club at that point. All, all, all of them were Chinese. He went, you all right, mate? I said, uh, go 7-Eleven, call an ambulance. He went, yeah. You know, as if like no one's done that. I, I said, take a look around you. And he took the same look I had. And everyone in the bar was just staring like daggers at me, basically. Don't ask me what it means, Dodge. Yeah. I couldn't tell you if you yeah. paid me a million pounds, but they're staring at daggers at me so mate go on, go and get caught bless him he went out i seen him go out to the club and he just looked at me and winked and 10 minutes later the ambulance people come in right anyway i went back to my chair i'm you know i've done the right thing i'm not yeah. saved this girl's lives this little beautiful thai angel yeah. you know her parents in chiang mai are gonna thank me yeah, aren't they yeah. you know i didn't think anything in the morning I said uh chris you want to come uh, breakfast with us yeah, what? what? I, I was so naive. Went to breakfast. I said to the boss, David, um, do I do I pay for this? You know, do, do you want... The little barman, Sam, leaned over and went, uh, you think the boss don't have money? Mm. Right? This is completely yeah. different culture and I'm fucking it up, Dodge. Yeah. Every, every single way, <laughs> I'm trying to be a good guy yeah. and I'm screwing it up, you know? And then... I noticed nobody were talking to me. In fact, because I understood quite a bit of Chinese by then or Cantonese, I could, they're going, ah, guaylo, ah, guaylo, there's guaylo. And I'm like, they're talking about, Foreign, you know, yeah, yeah. me. Even when I filled up someone's teacup before me, which is Chinese etiquette, they're like, oh, guaylo understands etiquette, you know, no, no. And I just turned to the boss and I said, uh, David, the, the, the tiger last night, he never, he never would look at you. I mean, he couldn't look at you because his eyes were <laughs> looking all over the shop. But but he never looked at you, he, he, and he never spoke unless he absolutely, unless you put him on the spot, he wouldn't speak. And he and I, and he he nods. I said, uh, I did the wrong thing, yeah. He, and he just nods, and I just knew, right, we're good now. Yeah. You know, he knows that that I'm trying to apologise. I, I, I and in case anyone's wondering. What I probably should have done is just grabbed a girl, legged it outside with her over my shoulder and jumped in a cab and gone, right, hospital now, mm. right? Save face of the club, save the girl, right? You know, but they just wanted to chuck in the alleyway with the rubbish. Yeah. That that was, this is a Hong Kong triad. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, they, they do what this they want to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. This is not, you know, Brighton and Hove Albion yeah. or something. These are not good people. Yeah. They're all grown up on rough sink council estates or whatever the Hong Kong, and they're ruthless. Yeah, they what what's gone on in their family background? You don't even yeah. want to know, you know. So th 
yeah, so that was that. And then um, I was in the market one day buying a blanket. I'd, I'd hooked up with this working girl. Uh, she was called Apple. She was a, a Filipina. Someone said, Chris, you got a new place. She's looking for a place. And I, Dodge, I was lonely. You know, my girlfriend had left me in Hong Kong to go and join British Airways. She just hated Hong Kong, right? And deep down in my soul, I was like, you know, I, I hadn't made that spiritual connection yeah. yet. So I'm like in the flesh and blood. I need another person to make me yeah. whole, right? I'm a very different person now, right? And I meet this pretty little Filipina girl. She's a bar girl. She's doing all kinds of stuff for, for, for men, you yeah. know? And it was lovely, you know, it was nice to have company and she come in my place and I'm like, right, right, lie on my clothes. I'm going to go out and get you a blanket because there's nothing in this place, right? This, they pulled it down now. I went mm. back to Hong Kong in 2012 and I, I just really wanted to see that mm. building because I went mad in there, you know, mm. and, and they pulled it down. But went in the market, I bought this, looking at these blankets in an open shop front and I picked up the label and it said, waste. Huh? In it, like English, mm. in, written in red, waste. In that moment, I knew these blankets were the blankets that the North American settlers and army gave to the Indians to like wipe them out, the ones with smallpox and tuberculosis, right? Dodge, I'm not saying that story's real. Yeah. I'm just saying in my mind, my mind at yeah. that time, yeah. that's it was so obvious to me. Were you, you realise that you were going a bit nuts? No, of course not. You weren't. You no, were just no, feeling no. like... These blankets are full of tuberculosis. No, 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 but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as you're using more and getting more addicted mm. and a lot of pain inside you, were you getting to a point where you're going, you know, I'm becoming an addict here and I'm actually doing my own editing? I knew I was an addict on that Chim Sa Choi platform mm. when I couldn't get home. I couldn't get home. I'm like, right, should I? Shouldn't? Yeah, fucking do it. And mm. I knew I was on a ride, Dodge, right? How long were you in total in Hong Kong for? Uh, about... 14 months. Okay. And then when you left Hong Kong, where did you go? I went back to the UK. Yeah. But. What, I mean, other, what other, what other situations did you get yourself into with the triads? So. Uh, it was quite a lot, really. Did you ever get yourself into a lot of trouble with them? Yeah. What was the worst amount of trouble you got into? Well, the trouble I got into is they couldn't understand me because I'm off my head and I'm in psychosis, Dodge. I believe those blankets in the market were, and I, I started to think the world was some big conspiracy. Bit so you're like, getting para as well? Yeah. How did they clock that you were getting paranoid? Well, I, I don't know, but they started to realise. Something's not right. You know. And I'm just doing my job. I'm off my head every night as a doorman. I'm, I'm going When you're off your head on crystal meth and it's pure speed, you're still super aware of everything going on, mm. just at a lot faster pace. Yeah, but only to a point. When you haven't slept for nine days, yeah. then you're entering yeah. hallucinations big time. Okay. Then the psychosis kicks in and you're hearing a voice, voice in your noises. head. Yeah, it's okay. your voice, yeah. by the way. I've just had this in a podcast. Mm. It's your voice but you've got your own voice going, you know, this is a cup of tea, let's have a mm. sugar. Then you've got a voice going, ah, cup of tea, cup of tea, cup of tea. Tea is this, tea means that. Mm. Sugar, da, da, and, and there's this big conspiracy thing going on. Like I stared at cats for <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> I thought there was puppets, Dodge. Mm. I stared at these cats <laughs> convinced 
that Asia's the heart of puppetry. Yeah. These cats, they're all on a string. Everything's connected. Hong Kong's like this big pinball machine. That car horn is connected to that sign swinging. Yeah. You know, I, I was really unwell. Yeah. Ended up trying to crawl across a wire between my building and the building opposite, right? They were talking, what, 70 meters above the ground? Um, and I, well, I, So for between the two buildings, there's one wire. Yeah. And you're, but, you're going across... On yeah. your knees or... You no, doing a commander crawl that we were yeah, taught. Okay. In the, and in my mind, that's why I joined the Marines was to learn a commander crawl. So you're crawling across on your belly yeah. with one leg dangling oh, down. okay, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, and I got to see the fat lady sing, which wasn't a fat... I mean, she may have been fat. Uh, but what it was, there was a silhouette in the building opposite in one of the rooms of this woman. And when, every time she brushed her hair, it looked like she's singing in a microphone. And she was a big old girl. And my mind saying... I got to go and see the fat. It's not over till I see the fat lady sing. But also in my mind, it's like when I get there, I'm going to get, that's my enlightenment moment. I'm going to get all my answers in life. There's going to, all my friends are going to be over there. People that I've upset in the clubs, the triads are all going to, we, we, we put you to the test, mate. And you, (laughs) you know, I got five meters out on that wire and I just thought, hang on, what are you doing? You didn't put this wire up here. Not like in the Marines where you know you test it's it. tested, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then I started thinking about my brother back home and all the divorce and shit we had to go through as kids where he was my mate. We used to go to this school 300 miles away in the north, like this strange school. I had to fight the bullies and they wouldn't let me see my kid brother because he was in a junior's playground and I was in the adult, you know, the big kids' playground. So what we do is sit on the steps mm. just not to be lonely, Dodge, you know, not not because it was fucking mad you know mm. we didn't know what was going on and i could hold his hand and he's my little kid brother you know and i'm on this wire thinking i ain't called him in a year what am i doing yeah what why am i on this i don't have to fucking prove nothing to no one in this world what am i doing and and that was like my first nervous breakdown i just started crying uncontrollably and these tears they're dropping like paratroopers from a hercules into the darkness down on the people in the, who were like ants in the street below and they're all looking up going oh what's the crazy guilo doing today yeah you know because word got around everybody knew i was the crazy guilo i was mm. the crazy ghost man you know um with, to answer your question in the club one time i stood in the doorway uh, it was a stairs going up the hong kong club is all about feng shui so the mountain's going to be behind you, water in front. That's luck, right? Yep. Mirrored staircase has to reflect the evil spirits out. And they take this seriously. Seriously, they, do, yeah. seriously, yeah. they believe in, like, you know, we believe in two magpies or whatever. Mm. They, they, And I'm there at the bottom of the stairwell and I was always new, Chinese business is Chinese business. Don't get involved, Chris. Mm. Just You just sort out the Westerners, right? Uh, fight if you have to. In fact, the only fight I got into, all the triads come to my defense. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just like, I felt I was such in the family, you yeah. know, but, but this Daisu, did they, did this they, six. Did they, did they think you were a lunatic? I don't they, know what they Did they have they a know. bit of nerve to think, we've got a guy, Louis, English lunatic, who's losing the plot. I, yeah, but I did my job, mate, you know. I, but you, they must have thought something. To bring they, you into the family, whether you're Chinese, Italian, East London, Mancunian, yeah. to bring people into your family, you've got to like okay, them so and trust them. You must the, have done something. No, no. The family thing comes from Confucius, okay? Chinese culture. Confucius say, 
Boss look after employee, in turn employee res respect boss. Mm. Father look after child, in return child respect father. Mm. Right, it's just Confuciusness, nothing to do with triad connection. I was never a triad. It's just family looks, you know, I was in, the boss asked, the boss give me 500 quid on the first night when he heard I had no, nothing in my flat. Yeah, okay. Right? So Daisu, this six foot seven assassin, he comes charging out the club and he's got this guy over his shoulder, this seedy, like, ratty looking guy in mm. a, like a crappy suit, you know. Chu Chai, the other, the street fighter doorman, he's looking up the steps he hasn't seen. I've seen, I spread eagle myself against the wall because like I can't get involved. This is Chinese business, right? Daisu comes, he throws this guy down, uh, like with this animal, like thing. Chu Chai turns right, sees, and even without, like they don't even have to speak, they just turn around and they start kicking this guy in the head as hard and as fast as they could, like like Millwall hooligans catching the, you know, the other the other supporters out the sight of the CT mm. cameras, mm. right? They are just doing this guy in. And I, I, I was I bothered? No, of course I wasn't, because I was like sociopathic myself at that yeah. time, you know? I'm just stood there going, okay, he's fucked up, you know, these are my guys. Mm. And in a moment of clarity, that guy just burst between them, ran out of the club, and as they chased him, screaming, screaming, don't know if I can say it, I guess I can say it in Chinese, Jule La Mo, means do something to your mother, right? Yeah. Right? What is it? Dule La Mo, Sat Bat Do. Jule La Mo. Sat Bat Do or something like that. Oh, that's probably something else again. God yeah, knows. yeah. But basically, this bit of paper fluttered from his pocket and it landed on a step and they hadn't seen it. So I picked it up, shoved it in my pocket. When no one was looking, I looked at it. It was a list of horses. So he'd been in the club flogging the names of hooky horses, mm. you know, because Hong Kong's a big yeah, race massive, circuit, massive right? Race yeah. Circuit, yeah. And these are the ones, if you bet on me, they used to do that. The triers would come in and go, all right, guys, you give me a bit of paper and had a horse name on it. <laughs> it's like, put your money on Get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or they come in and they they give me like 40 Marlboro, knocked off from the mark, you know, mm -hmm. smuggled in from China or mm -hmm. whatever. It was, yeah, I felt like I belonged on, yeah. you know? What made you leave Hong Kong to come back to England if you felt like you'd been belong? You've been um, I, I lost the plot too bad. Okay. I got so utterly delusional. I went out one day to try and throw myself off one of the cranes in the Hong Kong harbour. Not to kill myself, but to prove I was in control. To off a crane into yeah. Hong Kong harbour. Yeah, the these, water the, there. these cranes are like 40, yeah. meter, 40 metres high. Yeah. Right? And did, that was did my you climb intention. Up? No, I never got that no, far because okay. I was too mental. I couldn't get anything together, mate. Yeah. The, the, the but best, that was going through your head. The best I got was managed to buy batteries for my boogie box, which I took because mm. it was important. I had an Anthony Robbins, you know, Awaken <laughs> a Giant Within book. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm wandering and I come across this courtyard and two little lads were playing football in a goal. And I just went in, I put the stuff down and I played football with him and there was nothing needed to be said, mate. Mm. I wasn't meant, you know, I mean, I was clearly mental, but I just played football with these little boys, you know, and it was fucking brilliant. Mm. And then I went back out into chaos. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, on in, in, in my head. I got all my last bits of money, everything, right? I've got nothing left after this bundle of cash and I shoved it in a charity box in this garage, petrol garage. You know, I'm like, there you go. Look, that's me. You know, if you want to hate me, 
because I've given all my last money to charity. Keep fucking hating me. You, mm. you, because you get a lot of flat when you live that life. And then some of it's imagined and some of it's real. Yeah. And eventually I uh, made a phone call to my old man. I'm like, all right, Dad. They was like beside themselves. They got these. Yeah, you know, I never phoned them for a year. What year they, are we talking here? Uh, this is 96 uh, now. 96, okay. Yeah. Suddenly I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm speaking to my dad on the phone. He's going, son, be careful of the washing machine. I'm like, does my dad think I'm being brain? I'm like, dad, no, it's all right. Yeah, but son, you know, keep your passport, son, keep your pass. They thought I'd been abducted by a cult because they couldn't understand these confused messages that I was trying to say. Finally, I was staying with a mate, a lovely guy called Sam, and he, he, you know, he loved me. He was just like, Chris, yeah, come come stay, because I was homeless again, you know, and no job, da 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 And eventually, one night, it was all just too much. I was just totally paranoid, totally couldn't even, I had to get off the bus, because like every, all the Chinese chatter, I was trying to interpret it, and it was interpreted, the Guaylo does this, the Guaylo, he's doing that. Yeah, the Guaylo, he hasn't got a job. Yeah, the Guaylo, he's, you know, not having a job in Hong Kong is a big, bad thing. So you were right, getting right? paranoid that they were saying that? Oh, yeah, I, I totally oh, believed totally believed it, you know. I, I, so I, what made you come home? What was the well, problem you go, I've got to get out of here. I'm a young lad from Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like, know all that, do I? No, I, I know I, that, I, but I'm me in looking moment, in, I'm yeah. thinking, young lad from Plymouth, got into Kamara's, jumped out to Hong Kong, got in with the naughty people out there. They've warmed to you, obviously, and loads of nuttiness is going on, which yeah. you all haven't got a clue about. So I called my old man. I said, Dad, it's, it's all gone a bit wrong here, I'm afraid. He said, yes, yeah, son, we, we, we worked that out. <laughs> he said, why don't you come home? I was like, no, I can't go. I can't. What have I got in the UK? Hong Kong's where I'm going out 24 mm. seven. I'm dancing with the Filipina girls. They, they all love me. I'm a dork. No, I'm not, am I? I'm not. And now I'm becoming a bit of a la <sighs> Yeah, dad, you could be right. He says, son, just get you back on your feet. That's all. Mm. Like, yeah, I could come back, get back on my feet, put all me like, bodybuilding weight back mm. on and like, come back out. He says, son, I'll call you back in 20 minutes, all right? I was like, all right, dad. Phone rings. All right, dad. So I booked you a flight on Virgin Atlantic tomorrow night, five o'clock. All right. Yeah, thanks, dad. And in that moment, Dodge. Game changer. I, I spent the night. Yeah. I went to say goodbye to everyone in the clubs. It, you know, it, it was still guys I'm in touch with today, funnily enough. You know, mm. got to the airport at five o'clock, didn't I, with Sam and um, his best buddy. They were they, 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 both two Chinese guys, you know, best buddies of mine. They, they took me to the airport. Got there for five o'clock, didn't I? I'm forgetting you got to check in two hours early. The woman on the checker, she's like, ah, oh, sorry, I uh, cannot go. Flight flight gone already. I'm like, what? It can't be gone. My dad's like, bought, bought, bought a ticket. Uh, wait, one moment. And she makes this phone call. She's, you are very lucky. Flight is still on a tarmac. You, but you must hurry, right? She calls up this customs guy. He comes, he grabs all my stuff. Stinking like luggage because that's just read my book if you yeah. want to know why, folk. Right, and we're running through customs. He takes me in his office. He's like, "Um, 
I need to ask you, uh, do you have anything on your person you shouldn't do? Right? <laughs> I didn't tell him about this packet of crystal meth. I got tucked <laughs> into the lining of my boot, right? <laughs> I'm like, no, of course not. Okay, let's go. And he ran me out. to. He, uh, we got on a bus for the first time in a, a year and two months in Hong Kong. I had a bus all to myself, right? <laughs> and it drove me out to this, this uh, virgin flight, right? The poor stewardesses were waiting patiently at the top of the stairs, you know, to greet me. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I've made your day, haven't <laughs> I, you know? And I went up the stairs and I just took one last look over Hong Kong and I just thought, I just thought of everything. I thought of the triads. I thought about the people I've fallen out with. I thought the job, my best job over there, were like off my head. I was teaching kids, right? It, uh, and they fucking love me, Dodge, mm, right? I bet. They fucking, I just play games with them. One day we snuck out of the classroom. I'm like, guys, should we, should we go on an adventure? Right, get down, get down. Mm. Right, so we snuck down. We crawled under the windows of all the other classrooms, <laughs> right? And all the kids are turning around to each other going, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> right? And we went and played outside. It yeah. was like all totally <laughs> like against Chinese culture. But um, I lost that. I, 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 I got so many. It was just before I went for that walk, that crazy walk. And, and, and I rocked up in the playground and tell me where tell me what happened when you got back to england what was your route okay been? and what's your route been for the last 30 years we've done the right we've done the the hong kong what's yeah. your route been i see so that you're my, doing lots of what you got on there marathon de Sabla. yeah tell me all the adventures you've gone tell me all the countries you've been to okay so i'm currently english veteran of the year yeah for inspiration Okay, it's well been done. a bit of a long journey. It's nothing to do with military or, yeah. you know, killing people. It's about what you give to society. Yeah. Um and it's yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, Dodge. So I traveled the whole world. How old are you today? I'm twenty seven. <laughs> Is that do you believe me? You don't, do you? <laughs> All right, I'm fifty three. Fifty three, okay. Yeah, I'm fifty three. Um I live now as what I, you'd call an enlightened individual. You know, I'm, I'm, I've a, a achieved a different state of consciousness from all this nonsense that I'm telling you yeah. about. And it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Um, only do love. Um, don't do hate. Don't do conflict. Don't do military. Sorry, but all that is just utter. Yeah. Utter, it, it's, it's a distraction, Dodge, yeah. you know, from finding out who we who are. actually yeah. are. You I hear know? You. So I've lived, worked, and traveled 85 countries across all seven continents, qualified pilot, skydiver, Antarctic scuba diver, been to the Antarctic Polar Circle. I've run the length for the United Kingdom, ultra marathon a day, every day, 36 days. Hold on, hold on. Jesus. You've run the length of the UK? Yeah. How long did that take? Uh, 36 days. Carrying 15 kilogram backpack with all my camping gear in. Although I did jettison some of it as I went on. So, so how do you run the length of the country? You get a flight to John O'Groats, yep. a place called Wick. Yeah, you've got to get a taxi the last twenty miles. You look at your compass. If it points south, you're good to go. So, you, so you're up there, and you go right. I'm going south. Yeah, and exactly. you keep running and yep. keep running. No training whatsoever. I've been disabled for two years. I, I've been waiting for a back operation, so I've been in bed for a year and a half of that. Uh, didn't do any training whatsoever. Not even, I think I'm, I ran like three mile around the block just to check my legs still work. And I thought, right, now's my time. Let's go and, wow. let's go and do it. What year was that? That was 2018, I think. I was yeah. raised awareness of the veteran suicide issue. 
which is you know it, you know we're losing a lot yeah. of people that we shouldn't be because yeah. of all the identity you know, the unresolved trauma dodge you know all the stuff yeah. that i'm good at now so if anyone's listening and you're suffering just get in contact with me and we will get it sorted because it's a beautiful and life, anyone you know? who's listening there's a website out there called jack j a a q dot org if anyone's got any mental health issues or needs to ask a question go on to jack.org it is unbelievable yeah it's like the master class of everything you need to know about mm. presented in a really user-friendly way really? and what else what else are you don't say scuba diver jumping out of planes yeah oh where do you want to start you know give I've me been... jumping out of planes skydiving Sky right diving. so i uh, First jumped in the military, yep. did the military parachute course. Actually did two of them because um, the first one got cancelled after the balloon jump because of the first Gulf War. All the Hercules were going out to the mm. Gulf. Um, I'm in that balloon and they're really strict. They're like, right, when you're in the balloon, fellas, it's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Check canopy. We don't want to hear anything else, all right? So I got up there. He went, he said, right, who wants to be first? Well, I was with three what what we call baby paras not being patronizing mm. to our beautiful para brothers mm. but that's what they refer to when they're young paras right i'm, I'm a rule marine train rule marine with three baby paras so yeah. who's going to go out first mm. it's got to be mm. me right i said that'll be me went, okay to the door they clip you on right in the door go i'm like geronimo <laughs> <laughs> when i got on the ground the, the jump instructor wasn't too impressed but i think i think secretly he was um so that 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 was great and you end up jumping at night it's just incredible you know mm. jumping at nights it's pretty safe so long as you land on a gurkha that's you know just yeah <laughs> that's a joke yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bless them now we did we had a lot of gurkhas on mm. our, our, our course and they were they was incredible do you think like i'm listening to this story and you're 53 years old. You've obviously had something happen in your junior years, which you spoke about, which you don't want to go into too much detail. Do you feel like you're running away from anything? Well, I probably was a lot of my life. Hmm. I don't know if you call it running away or running into. Um, when I got to 48, I'd done all the raving thing, the dance era. Got, a, I'd say, a lot of answers there, you know, or a lot of learning dodge, hmm. you know. I learned that you could be crashed on the floor of a rave or in a warehouse with this guy's a refuse collector, this guy's a solicitor. And everyone loves each other. And you're all sharing a doobie. Yeah, yeah. And it just all that shit that your parents taught you about class system and all that nonsense yeah. is, you know, so I started to raise my consciousness mm. then. When I got to about 48, I started to do a bit of gardening. <laughs> just bit of garden conversion you can say because we lived on a hill and i started to listen to a few youtube channels mm. that just come into my life at that time for various reasons and i started to get awareness of like that we have levels of consciousness yeah. and i'd never known that before i don't thought life's life and yeah. you know drink a beer and and off the back of that it's topped off my learning journey you know it's been the the, the piece de la resistance the, the cherry on a cake yeah. um i've subsequently learned how to change my diet change my thinking yeah. 
change my exercise. Powerful. Change your mindset. Which ultimately changes your mind. And if you think about Nikola Tesla, who said life is energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm. So if you want to change your life, where does it start? Well, it starts with your thoughts because you have a... um, thought pattern complex yeah. so what what you think is how you're gonna be yeah. what you are is what you put out in the world your words right? are your wand yeah exactly That's my mum was so saying when i'm out the front door i'm saying hello to everybody yeah why because that person could be going home to commit suicide yeah, that person might have just lost their son yeah that person might just feel like a loser because that's what the the psychopathic elite want you to feel like, yeah. you know, and, and they've, let's be honest, they've done a really good job, mm. you know, they've damaged society so much. I think people, so. Yeah. People don't even say hello anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's I just think the press. Yeah. I think social media is damaging society very quickly. Spot on, mate. Yeah. Spot on, you know. Um, you seem very awake, mate. You seem very at peace. Yeah. It's a beautiful life, yeah. Dodge, you know, yeah. but it's only about love. Yeah. And did you ever think you'd have a Royal Marines commando? who've been in conflict, combat, seen some horrible Mm. things in my life, that I'll be saying it's all about love, folks. And if you haven't got it yet, you've got some work to do. You've got some work to do. You've got some work to do. You don't have to do it because you don't have to live my life. You've got to live your life. But if you're unhappy, if you're getting up for the grind and you're thinking, oh, is this, I'd do the work. Yeah. Because I live in paradise. Yeah. I wake up. Every day in paradise. Mm. Doesn't matter what struggles or, you know, you get challenges. Life is challenging. Yeah. We we live in this three-dimensional physical self. But I transcend that by living on a higher level called yeah. what's known as fifth dimension. Yeah. Right? So quantum. this is just a, a an avatar. But that's the quantum level. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. But not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. This and is why. And also the inner peace. Inner peace of your own mind is the most powerful thing anyone can have. So you've been there, Dodge, yeah, you know, so you get it. Yeah, you mate. get it and it's beautiful. And I recently spent a weekend, I went away on a, let's just call it a spiritual weekend. It's not the sort of thing I thought I'd ever go on. And one of my um, viewers on YouTube phoned me up and said, Chris, look, you know, I like what you do. I think we can help veterans here. Will you come away for me for the weekend to Glastonbury, right? Not not the Glastonbury. We went a Straight week late. got the crystal meth in the <laughs> yeah. and the weed. <laughs> You're like, I'm in, yeah, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> but we went a week, a week later and we rocked up at this campsite and I just met these two beautiful people. Yeah. And I said, fellas, you know, I'm 53. This is the first time in my life I've spent with spiritually enlightened people. Yeah, it's powerful, you isn't know? it? And we don't, you, I don't have to tell you anything about me, do I? And they're like, mm. no, you don't, Chris. We mm. know who you are. We know, yeah. we know where you are. We know where, because we, we've all been through childhood trauma, Dodge, yeah. you know? We're, and and that was it. And it mm. was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was great. Mm. Chris, I've really, really enjoyed this episode. You're a special person, mate. We're all special people, yeah. mate. Chris, let's end it on that note. <laughs> mate, amazing. <laughs> mate, amazing. Honestly, I really uh, enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. And just before we finish off here, where can people find you? So Chris Thrall, all over Google, YouTube, whatever, at Chris Thrall on social media. The only difference is LinkedIn. I'm Chris Thrall. Yeah. If you're struggling, folks, hit me up for a free 15-minute chat. We'll see if we can, you know, get some work done because life's too short not to be happy, you know. Um, You want to buy my books, they're all on Amazon. I suggest you do because, again, like I'm not going to write a shit book, Dodge. It's got to be a 
a, I've heard really good things. Anyone yeah, out there, yeah. go and have a look yeah, at Chris because yeah. he's doing some good stuff. You'll find me if you want to find <laughs> me. But on YouTube, you know, we got a great channel. Uh, we do our best. We 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 tell the truth, and we got to be a bit careful because we're all a bit kind of governed there, aren't we? You know. Mm. But we got a locals channel where we just. Uh, let it all hang out. <laughs> you, uh, you're a good man. You take care of yourself, Chris. You too, brother. Nice one, mate. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>